Welcome to Not Quiet, Just Thinking. My name is Gabby, and this is my podcast where I am telling my story in the hopes that it can inspire you to share yours as well. Welcome back, everyone. I wanted to start off today sharing some updates about the podcast itself, which I <laughs> I can't even believe I'm saying this, but this podcast is being listened to in 16 different states, in addition to five other countries, including Canada, the Philippines, England, Australia, and Kenya. So this podcast is currently on five different continents. It's just insane to me, and I am so proud to be able to say that. It just gives me so much motivation to to keep moving, and I honestly can't wait to see to see what comes of this. And I just want to let you know I have so many great ideas for new episodes and for new content, so keep coming back. Keep sending me messages. I, I thank you all so much. You, you can't even, I can't even describe how much this experience means to me. So thank you for that. I just wanted to start there. Today, I am so honored to welcome another mental health professional to our episode. Her name is Lindsay Zamitti, and we are going to be talking about trauma. I just want to put that out there. We are going to talk about trauma and the impact it has on our mental health. So that being said, if you believe anything in this episode could be upsetting for you in terms of the discussion of trauma, I completely understand. I would hate to be someone that causes you more stress. So please, I feel your love and and support either way. So if you would rather hold off on listening to this episode, I I totally get it. So thank you. And and I'm I'm doing this 100% to provide an educational platform. I think one of the main stigmas around mental health is that only certain people can experience mental health disorders or mental health challenges in general. And that is the farthest thing from the truth. I mean, for me, it's not that I've had the easiest life. You all know that. But my my anxiety has been challenging me for as long as I can remember. It's not tied to a certain event in my life. And because of that, I don't, I don't think trauma has caused what I go through. Is it, it could be genetics, I'm not really sure, but I just wanted to say that because there's two sides to this and there may even be more sides. I, I don't really know and that's something I, I want to gain more knowledge about, but I wanted to bring attention to the fact as we begin this discussion that some people don't necessarily have a trauma that has caused them to be facing the struggle they are, they are currently facing or have faced in the past. That's one of the main reasons that for a long time when people asked me what's wrong, I would say, I don't know, because <laughs> I, I didn't know. I didn't really have something that was causing what I was feeling. I just sort of felt that way, and we, we need to recognize that. But we also need to talk about the people who who are really struggling because of an event in their life that, that caused them trauma. And within that, that trauma can be a multitude of things. It can be a teenager facing severe depression because of something someone said to them when they were in elementary school that others may have not seemed to think was a big deal. It could be an athlete who is facing alcohol or drug addiction because of a physical trauma they endured. Or even a veteran who is experiencing PTSD because of what they lived through in in training, in service. You know, there's so many types of traumas and I think it goes without saying that trauma has a severe impact on on us, on our brains and our mental health, but also our physical health. And as I said, you know, that trauma can be 
So in this discussion with Lindsay, we are scraping the surface. There's so much to talk about in this discussion. And because my experience relates more toward, you know, something that has just always been a part of me and, you know, maybe certain events have intensified what I'm feeling, but but I can't really pinpoint a specific trauma that has caused what I'm feeling because that's more so the side I feel I am on. I really want to learn about about trauma and the impact it has on our mental health, on our, our brain chemistry, on how we act, how trauma looks from the eyes of the mental health professional helping the individual impacted. Also, does someone who is being treated because of a trauma look different than someone who's being treated because of a genetic disorder? You know, those are all things I don't have the answers to and I will never have all the answers. But I just want to start here and learn something new and I hope you'll join me in doing that. So everyone, please welcome Lindsay Zimitty. Hi everyone and welcome to Not Quiet, Just Thinking. I'd like to thank Lindsay Zimitty for being here today. Lindsay, uh, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself and your work within the mental health field? Sure. So I've been in the field for 19 years. I started by getting my BA in psychology. I've always been interested in the clinical aspect of things. Um, I struggled myself when I was younger with some depression and anxiety. So that's what originally made me want to get into the field. Um, during the time that I was pursuing my degree in psychology, I worked with teenagers in a psychiatric hospital with substance use issues. Um, I also worked in a clinical day school um, with elementary school kids, which made me decide I wanted to be a teacher. So I taught for a while as well. Um, when I was teaching, I taught in a clinical school. Um, I have worked in a variety of group homes. I also worked in a residential facility um, with foster care kids. So I have a lot of experience with trauma and things like that. Um, I was a clinical director for a while and I oversaw a bunch of programs. Um, and now I currently do outpatient treatment. That's awesome. So you mentioned trauma in there and I, this isn't something we've talked about before on the podcast. So I'm, I'm interested to dive into that a little bit. And I want to ask if you can give us any insight into how trauma impacts mental health for kids, teens, adults, you know, everyone. Sure. So there's two types of trauma, um, big T and little t, I like to call them. So big T things are, are what people usually think of when they think of, of trauma. So this is like your major accidents, abuse of any kind, rape, things of that nature, anything where you feel like your life is at risk. Little t trauma also has a big impact on us though. And that would, could be something as simple as a parent saying something that hurt your feelings, bullying, um, especially at an early age from birth to seven, we're egocentric. So everything feels like our fault. Um, little t trauma can still have major impacts on our self-esteem, mental health issues, um, depression, anxiety, things of that nature. So with the big T traumas, it causes major stress and overload to our system. So when we feel stressed, all of us have a system that releases chemicals, adrenaline and cortisol, and we go into what's called fight or flight. In normal circumstances, what happens is the part of our brain called the amygdala sends a signal to our prefrontal cortex saying there's danger. Our prefrontal cortex sends a sign back saying either there is danger or there's not. And when the danger goes away, um, you know, our system shuts back down so that we can be calm again. People that have trauma, the system doesn't shut off. So we're constantly just in this fight or flight system. 
um, and feeling like either we need to run away from a situation or we need to kind of fight to get through things, seeing things that normally feel safe, um, like going into big crowds, you know, sometimes going to work, relationships can feel really unsafe to people that have been through trauma. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and I, I want to talk a little bit about mental health in general. Everyone has mental health and everyone can experience yep. mental health challenges. Um, but from a professional perspective, does it look different to you when someone is dealing with mental health challenges that is induced by trauma or, you know, it's something that's just genetic and caused by some sort of chemical imbalance? So like you pointed out, we all have um, mental health issues that we deal with. I have never met anybody that never deals with anxiety or things like that. So um, somebody that is dealing with trauma, it's often, um, it has a bigger impact in the sense that there's always a chemical imbalance. So that adrenaline and cortisol is always pumping into our system. Our nervous system is always on overload. So everything really feels unsafe. Um, with chemical imbalances, again, you know, trauma does cause a, a chemical imbalance. So when you're talking about genetics, um, it really depends on what genetic disorder you're talking about. And that gets really complicated. We could probably do a whole podcast just on that stuff. Sure. Um, so trauma, trauma looks similar um, depending on what you're talking about, because if it's like a lower level of depression or anxiety and something that's more of a minor mental health issue, sometimes people can function and they don't need medication or anything like that. And they can develop coping skills and kind of get through daily life. People um, that are dealing with severe trauma, especially when they first start trying to work through those issues, also often have a really hard time just dealing with um, daily life issues, like going to work, building healthy relationships, self-care can even be really difficult, which also, I mean, major depression, things like there's other things that can also cause issues that are that big. Yeah. And for someone who is experiencing trauma, is there like a specific, um, form of treatment that they usually receive, or is it just, you know, a wide range of things we've talked about art therapy and, um, exposure therapy, things like that. So, sure. so yeah. there's a lot of different evidence-based treatments um, for trauma. In my experience, I find that CBT and then I'm also trained in EMDR um, work really well. So CBT for people that aren't familiar with it is cognitive behavioral therapy, and it really works on um, focusing on what the thought process is and what the behavior is after that, what triggers are. So triggers are things that like would set off like the panic attacks, um, the flashbacks, things like that, and kind of getting to the root of that and reteaching our system that the world is safe. You know, those triggers are safe things and then building coping skills to kind of deal with those triggers. EMDR is eye movement desensitization reprocessing. Um, Shapiro actually discovered it back in the 80s. She discovered it while she was walking and realized that when she moved her eyes a certain way, it helped certain things to not be triggering. So what it is, is it uses what's called bilateral stimulation, which is either eye movements or tapping. It can be done in person or um, through teletherapy. It does work because a lot of people ask that through teletherapy. Um, and it's, if you think of your brain like a file cabinet and having all of the negative 
thoughts that kind of cause that anxiety, depression, um, you know, the things from the trauma that make you feel unsafe up front. It takes that stuff and kind of puts it to the back of the file cabinet and then pulls things from the back of the file cabinet that are positive and puts those up front so that things don't feel so triggering and it's easier to function in daily life. Um, there are several phases of EMDR, so it, it would take several sessions to do that. Um, it works on the somatic symptoms or the physical symptoms also, um, but it is evidence-based, so they've done research. It, they show that it works, and I have found that that probably has the um, highest rate of success in treatment. Oh, that's really interesting. I've never heard of, of EMDR, so thank you. Um, uh, with that being said, is there any recommendation that you have if someone's listening and they themselves are struggling, whether that's with a, a trauma or even just stress, do you have a recommendation for the first step they could take in getting help? Sure. So it depends on where, because some people just aren't ready to go to treatment. So obviously my first recommendation would be to find a professional. Um, trauma is really complicated and has a lot of different levels. Building coping skills is really important. Um, so somebody that is specializes in trauma, um, there are several agencies that, that offer that. You can do it through teletherapy or online. If you Google places in your area, it would probably come up. But if you're not ready to actually go to treatment, because some people aren't, I would recommend trying to find a podcast that you can relate to on your issue or finding a good book, maybe asking um, other people if you're opening up about your issue to people that you trust, if they have any recommendations for good books and things like that so that you can develop some coping skills. That's, that's a great recommendation. I personally have mentioned before that I did go to therapy um, during quarantine and I I wasn't really ready to share mm -hmm. what I was going through. So definitely having, you know, books and podcasts, that's, you know, exactly what I did to open up a little bit. And absolutely. Yeah. Now I feel a, real, a really good first step to opening up too is, you know, if you're not ready to open up to anybody else, get a journal and start kind of writing about sometimes that's a nice way to kind of, because it can feel vulnerable to open up about, um, the mental health issues that you're, you know, struggling with. So getting a journal and writing it sometimes helps to give you the words and really identify the feelings that you're going through so that you can reach out to somebody that you trust and start to actually talk about it. Yeah, this podcast is kind of my journal. It's helping me be more vulnerable and, and work That's through. That's great. Things. I listened yeah. to your podcast, a few of the episodes. I really like it. Oh, this is thank you. And, and I think it's great that you put this podcast out there too, because I think, um, unfortunately, our society puts such a negative connotation on mental health. And a lot of people, you know, and even the clients I work with, they really struggle with coming forward because they feel like it makes them look weak or they have issues. And really, like, that's not true. It takes a lot to come forward and ask for help. That takes a lot of strength. And I don't know anybody that doesn't deal with mental health issues. Yeah, for sure. And like you said, it, it definitely, it makes me feel stronger to be talking about this. And um, yeah, I def I think facing your challenges and working through them is a strength. So definitely not a weakness. Um, and then finally, do you have any forms of self-care that you recommend that we um, bring into our lives on a daily basis? You know, whatever we're dealing with, whether that be journaling or exercise. Sure. Yeah. So I think self-care is really, um, 
it's an individual choice because different things are nurturing for different people. Like for example, I do foster care for dogs. I find that really nurturing. Some people would find that extremely stressful and annoying, but in a general sense, I think having a good morning routine, the way that we start our morning is so important. Um, it really sets our mindset for the day. So even getting up and just writing like five things that you're grateful for, um, saying something positive to yourself in the mirror, doing some journaling to kind of dump out anything that is stressing you out, or maybe just like goals that you want to accomplish for the day. Um, you know, stretching, yoga, anything like that to kind of get your morning started off the right way. And the same thing with the evening, like having a good evening routine um, is really important. It helps to get rest. A lot of people, I think, that struggle, especially with anxiety, things like that, um, sleep tends to be an issue. So journaling, I think, really helps with that, being able to just kind of dump whatever was stressful for the day and leave it in that journal. Um, and of course, getting a good night's rest helps to get the morning started the right way the next day. That's something I'm working on. I'm trying to be more organized as I um, go into the summer. I'm starting summer classes. So I'm trying to like reorganize my schedule and make sure I have a good morning routine. Um, journaling is a habit I'm picking up. Also mm -hmm. just stretching. I love doing Pilates in the morning. So yeah. It really does shift. And actually doing, I'm glad you brought that up because doing like Pilates or any type of physical exercise actually does release positive endorphins. So that's, that also, you know, helps with the a chemical on a chemical basis too, um, when you're working out or doing something like that. And I mean, I found, you know, as I mentioned, I've struggled with anxiety and depression myself and sometimes just putting on some upbeat music and kind of just letting myself kind of dance around and get in a flow. It just kind of shifts that energy. And it can feel hard when you're down or feeling anxious to even do that stuff, but kind of pushing yourself to do something like that um, can help to get you out of that mindset that, that makes you feel stuck sometimes. Yeah, definitely shifts that energy, as you said, and helps me just attack my work with a different mindset and just feel more positive. So yeah, all Absolutely. great recommendations. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Did you have anything else you wanted to say before we go? No, that's it. And thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed um, this interview. Yeah, thank you so a, much. A great rest of your day. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you all so much for listening to Not Quiet, Just Thinking. Again, I'm your host, Gabby, and I will see you next Monday for a brand new episode. Music by Daniel Behrens. Bye, everyone.